Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Prayer, which is what we're talking about today, is there's a lot of scripture, and you are not going to be able to keep up with me. If you are like maybe a court transcriber, perhaps. But beyond that, we're going to fly through some verses and some stuff. And so I want to make sure that you have that, especially when we talk about something like prayer. I don't want you to ever base a belief on something that I say. I want you to be able to see it in Scripture, be like, okay, this is my foundation. I see why. It's because this verse says so, because that's what we want to do. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I love that song. That's what we really want that to be. So we're going to start a series today and on prayer. And really, my hope and my prayer for you is that they, at the end of this series, that your prayer life is more effective, more powerful, and more fun than it has ever been. Uh, prayer is, such, is meant to be such a tool. If you were here last week, I told a story about driving back from Oklahoma and having trouble with my car, and the wheel bearing was going out, and the only... The only thing that I could find to do was to kind of weave back and forth, and that's really literally what I did from St. Louis, Missouri, all the way back to Michigan. And, and the story was crazy, but anyways, like the whole way back, I had to go about 60 miles an hour, and I was just doing this because my wheel bearing was going out. It was my front driver's tire. So we get back, and auto zone, and I head over to my buddy's Brian's house, and we get over there. I'm like, we got to fix this thing. And, and we get the car, we get it in his garage, and I'm doing something, and all of a sudden he looks at me and he goes, did, did, you, did you loosen the wheel nut? And I go, what? He goes, I just put a socket on the wheel nut and wiggled it just to make sure it was the right size. He goes, and the wheel nut just came right off. And I'm like, no, I didn't touch it. He's like, well, before we take anything apart, why don't we just try tightening it up and see if that works? And I'm like, no. He's like, really? I'm like, no, no, okay, yeah. I mean, yes, no, but yes, tighten that thing up. So we tighten it, torque it down, put it to specs, and I go for a ride. And I'm going like 10, 15, 20, 30, 40. I'm like, it's working just fine, which was great, except... I was moving back. I had every tool, everything that I owned was in that car, which meant the tool that I needed to fix that was with me all 10 hours of this. And the tool was with me. And the cops pulled me over and people were going around me yelling at me. And I had everything that I needed to take care of it, but I didn't use it. And I think that that can very often be how many of us feel about prayer. We have the tool to fix, the tool to have access to so much of what God did through us through prayer, but we don't use it. And we go through life, 60 miles an hour, people yelling at us, weaving back and forth, and we have what we need, but we don't use it. And we're going to spend these next few weeks really looking at prayer. But let me, just, let me just ask, how many of you think prayer is important in a Christian's life? Raise your hand. All right, put your hands back down, just about all of you. Some of you are like, oh, I got things in my hand. But I think that's, that's pretty, much, pretty much every one of you. Now let me ask this. How many of you think, would, would say, and, and do be honest, would say, I, 
it's, it's important, but I don't think I pray as I should or as often as I should. Raise your hand. Okay. They didn't go as high, but they were up again. See, prayer is something that I do. I agree. It is so powerful, but for some reason, many of us, we do not pray as we should, as we would say we know that we should. And I know there's lots of different reasons. There's, there's lots of different reasons why we don't. Maybe some of them are we don't know where to start. And because we don't know where to start, we just kind of don't start at all. Or it's one of those things where when we do pray, we kind of feel like it ends up just being a selfish, God bless me, my four, no more, I adore you, amen. Like we just, we, we just kind of, we don't know exactly what to do, so it just, it just turns back to us and we think, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about it. Or maybe it's because things are good. And we don't really pray because really prayer is something that we do when we don't know what to do or things are bad and they kind of just, they've been good, so we haven't been praying. Or maybe we don't pray because we did and it, we're like, I tried that and it didn't work. And so we're like, well, why, why would I pray? It didn't happen the way that I thought it would. It, di- it didn't work. Well, we're really going to look through at a whole bunch. And next week, um, I'm actually going to do, and next week's title is Unanswered Prayer. So that one's going to be really, really fun. Not that this week isn't, but I'm really looking forward to that one as well. But we're going to look at prayer and I'm going to rattle off. I'm going to go through some scriptures here. You can read them on the screen. If you've got the app, you can follow that way. But talking about just kind of setting the stage for the importance of prayer in our life. So Colossians 4 says this. It says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. First Thessalonians 5.17, and yes, this is the whole verse. Never stop praying. James 5.16 says, the earnest prayers of a righteous man are powerful and produce wonderful results. Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Luke, it says this in Luke 18, 1, then Jesus told the parable about their need to pray at all times and to not lose heart. Colossians 4, 2, devote yourselves to prayer and with an alert mind and a thankful heart. First Peter The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayer. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in your confidence. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Those are just a few. But I look at that and I think prayer is something that is to be a part of our lives. It is to be such a part of our lives that it impacts everything that we do. All of it, everything that we do. So we're going to go through, we're going to start today with just some keys to prayer. Some things that we look to, to, hey, how are we supposed to pray? How are we supposed to pray? So we're going to start, I'm going to start with this one right here. In John chapter 16, Jesus is talking. And he's really, he's telling his disciples that he's about to die. He says, he says the Pharisees are going to come after me. I'm going to get, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. But hey, I'm not going to stay dead. I am not going to stay dead. He's talking with his disciples, and then he says this to them in verse 23, talking about when he rises from the dead. He says, at that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant you your request because you use my name. He says, you haven't done this before. So this is new. He says, but ask using my name, and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. 
So how are we supposed to pray? We pray to the Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Maybe you grew up praying, maybe you didn't. In my house, we grew up, and it was always in Jesus' name, amen. It was always in Jesus' name, amen, but I had no idea why. It was just kind of like the thing that I, I knew to do, to do. If you did not grow up praying, this might be a little bit different for you, and you're like, well, I don't know why. This is why we do that. Is because the Bible said, so pray to the Father in Jesus' name. In, in Philippians 2, verse 9, talking about the power that's in Jesus' name. It says, therefore, God elevated him to the place, talking about Jesus, of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. There is authority and there is power in Jesus' name. The disciples came to Jesus and they were talking to him and they're like, we're amazed, but we cast out demons in your name. He's like, they, they listen and sick people get well in your name because there is power in Jesus' name. Because God elevated him, and it is in Jesus' name. So my kids, we, we have five. Um, so we have Avery, Molly, Hunter, Jono, and Bo. The two oldest are girls. They're mini mommies. It worked out fabulous. I'm in the room, and they're, they're parenting. And I'm like, I'm right here. Hello. And they look at me like, well, then do it. I'm like, you got to give me a chance. But it, it is wonderful. It's great. But the boys... They don't like listening um, quite as much. You know, a Hunter is eight, Jono is seven, and then Bo is three. And so, you know, he's a three-year-old. So everybody's always telling him what to do. But the boys, it's the older two, it kind of gets, it gets fun. Uh, let's say that. It, it gets fun. So we'll tell them something to do or they'll do something and they won't do it. Until, until they get the, and I'll, I'll see him do it. Dad said, you have to give that to me. Or mom said, you have to do that. And it's funny because it's the same thing. They'll be out in the yard playing and one of them's in the tree and the other one wants to be in the tree and it's my turn to be in the tree and you're not there. And he says, get down, it doesn't work. But then all of a sudden, Hunter comes back out and says, dad said it's my turn. And the other one gets down. I don't have to go out there and do it. Because if I come out, it's regulation time. Like, this is not good. But all he has to do is say, Dad said, you, it's my turn. And here's the thing. We've been given that through Jesus' name. Jesus might not be here in physical form, but when we say, in Jesus' name, I, don't, I often think we do not realize the power that's in that name. That, and, and years ago, somebody, I don't know who, said it this way, and it just stuck with me, and maybe it'll help you like it helped me. But he said this, he goes, when we use the name of Jesus, whether we realize it or not, we say his name and everything with an earshot perks up and is listening to see if we're going to say with authority, if we're going to command it to do what it needs to do. He says, everything is listening to us because we just used his name. Jesus' name has power, and we need to remember that. My kids, they know, they know not to use my name and not to say that I said something or that mom said something that we didn't. And really, when you look at in the Bible where it says, do not use the Lord's name in vain, it's not talking about swearing. 
It's talking about people using God's name for their own purposes. For things like, God said it, so I'm going to go do it. God told me, so this, that's really what it's talking about, or using that name for their own purposes. We have so much power in Jesus' name. That's what it's talking about here. Use Jesus' name. That is a tool that's been given to us. When it comes to prayer, we should be using Jesus' name. The next thing that I would really say when it comes to prayer is when we pray, we need to pray in faith. We need to pray in faith. I've told this story before, but I got... I was teaching gymnastics years ago, just little kids. I can't do gymnastics. I can't even touch my toes. Like, this is about, that's pretty good for me. Like, like no, I'm not a gymnastic, but I was teaching gymnastics. It's just a fun little thing. And they were doing some, teaching some of the coaches some different stuff. They're like, hey, do you want to learn how to do some backflips and stuff? And I was like, yes, of course I do. Who doesn't want to do backflip? That sounds awesome. Long story short, I tried to do a backflip and right or back handspring, and right as I was about to, to do my back handspring, the coach that was watching me said, "Lower your butt." And I was like, "Oh, my butt." So I lowered my butt and I jumped, and I was just focusing on my butt as I went over. And I think my butt was right, but I forgot to put my hands out. So I just did a back head flip, like I just jumped onto my head. And so, of course, it just, it just hurts like crazy, and, and I get up, and everybody just happened to see. It was one of those moments where all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, I don't know if they heard the bone cracking or what exactly, but everybody's just staring at me. And I'm, I'm on the mat, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, and I just, I just move off to the side. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, and I just sit down, and I'm like, will you guys pray for me? And they all come over, and they're like, Okay. And they begin to pray for me. And the first one who owned the gym, she's like, God, just pray that he can work on Monday. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a week from now. I better be good in a week. And then the next one prays. And it was just, honestly, it was the weakest prayer I had ever heard. And the one's like, I pray that he can sleep. And they're praying. I'm like, it doesn't even hurt that bad. And they finish. And they're about to say amen, and I'm like, I'm not ending on this. Like, I'm not ending on this. So I just pray. I'm like, God, I think I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, that every bone, every ligament, everything is straight, and that I am just fine in Jesus' name, amen. And then I just got up, and I was like, I think I'm done for the day. It was a little sore. I left. I slept great that night, went mountain biking the next day. It was great. It was good. But that prayer, I was sitting there and I'm like, I wouldn't want what they're praying. Like, why would you pray that? Why would, what, who would want, my end, I wouldn't pray that for somebody I didn't like. Like, what? But it, it was the opposite of a faith-filled prayer. It was the exact opposite. It was, oh, it's going to be really bad and I just hope he can bear some of the pain. And I'm like, I'm not going to bear anything. It's not going to be that we're not going to have that. And in Matthew 9, it says this in verse 29. It says, Then he, Jesus, touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. According to your faith. This is why I say we need to have a faith-filled prayer. 
Jesus said, according to your faith, literally meaning the way that you believe is how you're going to receive it. That's what you're going to receive. We need to stand in faith when it comes to prayer. And pray, yes, this is going to happen. I thank you, God, that, I, that healing is here, that these people are going to come to Christ. They're going to put people in their path that's going to speak the truth of God's word into their life and situation in ways that I can't. God, send people to them who will do this, who can help. And we need to be faith-filled when we pray. And instead of the prayers, God, if you could do something, would you? And God's like, I've done. And I'm going to say it right now. God's done everything he's going to do. He has done it. He came, he died, and now it's our turn to use that name and use the authority that he's given us. Because when he comes back, like when I come outside, the kids are in trouble. Let me just tell you right now, when Jesus comes back again, he's coming to regulate. He's already come. He's given us his name, and he's going to come back again. But until then, we have his name, and we have the authority that's in his name, and we need to use that authority and stand in faith, not in weak, not in, oh, if you can, God, just do something. God, there's nothing that he cannot do. So let's stand in faith. James 5.15, talking about faith. It says, and this prayer, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make them well. Offered in faith. And let me just say, you cannot have faith for something. You can hope for whatever you want. But the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to know what God's word has to say on the subject, which would be the third point that I would talk to that I want to say when it comes to prayer is we need to know what God's word has to say about a situation. Because we can pray for anything. But you get answered prayer when you know what God's word has to say about the situation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We stand on God's word. Psalms 138 verse 2 says it this way. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name. For your loving kindness and truth, for you have magnified your word above your name. Talking about God's word. Jesus says, not a, not a punctuation, not a mark, not a word will disappear from his word. But he watches over it to see that it does accomplish what he sent it to do. God's word, we need to know what God's word has to say. I've had people come up to me and ask me to pray. It happens all the time. I'm a pastor. I've been in a pastoral role for like 15, 18 years now, um, on and off. People come up, and this is just something that they do, but they come up and they say, will you pray? And then they say a lot of really awkward things, like some of it's really personal. You're like, wow, we're in Costco. But they're like, yep, here it is, and will you pray? And I love praying for people. I love connecting with people, absolutely. But I am kind of shocked sometimes at some of the things that people want prayer for. And, and I will just, just FYI, if you ask, and it's not scriptural, I'll tell you, I'm like, I'm not going to pray for that. Uh, I had somebody ask, will you pray that my mom will, will take, give me a ride to Detroit? I need to go to Detroit tomorrow. And I go, No. No, I will not pray for that. I said, what scripture? Where do you stand? I said, I can pray for favor with your mom. But no, I'm not going to pray that. I cannot pray that somebody will forgive you. We can pray that God softens their heart. 
But God doesn't force anybody to do anything anymore than He does you to read His Word so that you would know not to ask to pray for something like that. No. But God doesn't do that. We want to know what God's Word has to say so we can stand on His Word. We can stand on the promises that He's given us because there is a devil and he's going to come attack and say, you shouldn't have this and this shouldn't be this way and you are going to die young. You're like, no, God's Word said it was long life you will satisfy me. I'm not satisfied. So I know what the doctor said, but I'm going to stand on God's Word and I'm going to be healed in Jesus' name. And yes, we are going to go through this and I'm going to get to the other side. We need to know what God's Word has to say. If it's about provision, then we need to know. We need to have these verses. Write them out if you need to. You're praying for something. This is what we're going to pray. This is what we're going to write out. If it's provision, then I'm going to write out Matthew 6, 33. And here's what it says. It says, seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. We need to know what God's word says. Philippians 4, 19 and the same God that takes care of me will also supply all of your needs from his riches and glory, which we have in Christ Jesus. We need to know what God's word has to say. And we need to apply it correctly. I heard of somebody who took the verse and says, God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And they looked and they'd, they'd gotten some money. And they said, well, I really want this digital camera, but I know rent is due. But the Bible says God will supply all my needs and rents and needs, so I'm just going to take the money and buy the camera. And so they bought the camera, and then they got upset about the need. And I was like, well, you had what you needed for, the, for that, but you didn't use wisdom. And, and we need to look at God's Word, and we need to stand on it. We say, okay, I'm going to use wisdom in this, and it needs, and things like that. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, that's abusing God's Word. That really is abusing God's Word. We need to know what God's Word is and stand on it. But here's what I'm not saying. See, there comes a, a point where often we see people, and, and it seems to be like when they pray, there's facts and there's faith, and they don't think that they fit together. I was uh, out to lunch the other day with a pastor, and I, I blew my nose, and he looked at me and he goes, uh, are, are you sick? And I go, no. And he looked at me and he goes, is that like uh, faith I'm not sick or what? And, and I kind of giggled. But we do have, because there is this thing where I, I have seen, where people who so want to be in faith, they look at their missing finger and they're like, no, I have a finger. And you're like, no, it's gone. I, I see it's gone. They're like, no, by faith I have a finger. And you're like, I, I'm glad you're praying for that, but it's not there yet, just so you know. You don't have a finger. Um, and, and so here's how we approach faith and fact. And I think the best way to do this is the same way that Moses did. So we're just going to read Romans. Romans chapter 4, talking about, um, excuse me, not Moses, Abraham. Talking about Abraham, really the father um, of our faith. And this is what it says. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. See, God appeared to Abraham and said, I know you're old, I know your wife Sarah is old, but you're going to have a child, and you're going to be the father of of nations. He says, look up at the stars. If you can count them, that's how many your offspring will be. It is coming. And so Abraham believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Verse 19. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He didn't, I love, this, I love that it says, he did not ignore this fact. 
He didn't ignore the fact that his body was as good as dead and that he, he couldn't. It, 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 was, it was dead. So since he was about 100 years old and Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver in unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. He did not ignore the fact. He faced the fact. Physically, I'm past the age. My wife, physically, she's past the age. But he did not doubt. He said, I know that, but there is the power. Not doubting in the power of God. Have you ever seen, anybody in here ever seen a, a plane fly through the air? Raise your hand. Have you ever seen a plane fly through the air? Some of you need to look up more often. They are like, Really? Oh my goodness. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever ridden on a plane. Have you ever been on a plane? All right, that's a few of us. Okay. Now let me ask you another question. Who knows? Raise your hand if you know what gravity is. Okay, but planes fly, right? But there's gravity. And here's the thing. We don't ignore gravity. We don't say gravity does not exist. But there's another power that's greater than gravity. And if we can get that plane moving through then lift will lift the plane and it can defy the laws of gravity. It can fly. And it can stay in the sky for really long times. Gravity is still real. And let me just say, the fact, there, there, there are facts and situations in your health and in your family and they are true, but let me just say, God's power, we have a fact-changing God, and that power can overcome any fact. And we need to look and not ignore and act like things aren't real. If you're missing an arm, it's gone. If your eye is not there, it's not there. But we say, okay, God, I believe that you can and that you will. I know what your word says. I'm going to stand on it, and I believe that you can do all things. We do not ignore and act like things that are broken are not broken any longer, whether it's relationships or in our health, but we know that our God is stronger. And that's how that plane flies. Gravity is still there. We face facts. We do not deny them. We face those facts. I love it. In the Bible, Jesus is, is walking along and some lepers come to him. And he says, go and be healed. But I love what he says. He says, go and show yourself to the priest. And in the Old Testament, the priests literally were the doctors of the day. I mean, if, if you read through the Old Testament, you see that God had given them instructions on like, okay, if somebody shows up and they've got a white spot, if there's a hair next to it, if there's a hair in it, this is how you treat it and this is what you do and then send them away and if they come back and it hasn't gotten better, this is what you do. Jesus, it would be the modern day equivalent of Jesus praying for you and then saying, go get checked up. He's not anti-doctor. He literally prayed and said, go get checked up. You are healed. And, and we have kids, and they have gotten hurt a few times. Um, one of the times, uh, I was up north, and I had a couple of the boys, and I think Jono was, I want to say he was about two. And 
I'm, I'm downstairs, and I hear this noise, like, and then crying. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. But the first time I heard the noise, I was like, that's not a person. It sounds like, like too hard. And the third time I heard it, I was like, I still don't. but then I heard the crying. So I run upstairs, and Jono had been at the bottom of the stairs, and his cousin was at the top of the stairs. And his cousin at the top of the stairs, there was a, a small brick wrapped in felt that was used to keep the doors open. And his cousin threw it down the stairs. And Jono caught it with his face. Oh, yeah, right on his nose. He caught it with his nose. And I'm like, oh, this is not good. So I run over, and I'm like, the very first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And so I pray. I'm like, God, I thank you that every bone in this body is whole, that nothing is broken in any way, shape, or form. I thank you that he is going to live the long life you said you would satisfy him, that you have a plan and a purpose for his life, according to Jeremiah 29, 11, that he will fulfill the plan that you have for him. And I'm looking over, and then there's this brick there. And I'm like, okay. And then I pray. I'm like, okay, do I need to take him to the doctor? Do I have peace? I'm not opposed to going to a doctor. But in this case, I'm like, I think, I think he's okay, and, and we're, we're hanging out a bit more, and I'm looking at it a little bit more, and I'm like, we should probably just go and like get the skin like put back where it's supposed to be, because it, it was swelling, and it wasn't getting better, and I'm like, it's, I think we should, we should go. And so we ended up coming home, and, and we did. We came home. We were up north, and, and the funny thing was my uh, brother-in-law was with me, and so he took a picture and Instagrammed it. So Becca found out via Instagram that he got, uh, as, as Tim put it, Tristan in the face. Uh, yes. So we did. We took him to the hospital. There's other times that our kids have gotten hurt or I've gotten hurt. And it's like, you know what? I don't, I believe but we do not need to. I told the story uh, several weeks ago about Molly falling uh, when she was just a few months old. And, and. Uh, yeah, falling face first off of a cabinet. She wasn't walking. She was on a counter, and she fell down. And, and we stood in faith. I'm like, I know she's well, but we'll gladly go. And sure enough, we took her to the you know, urgent care, and they start feeling her face and checking everything out. And they look at her, and they say, she didn't fall. Did your wife drink? Does she drink alcohol? Um, absolute, absolute miraculous that she fell, hit the ground, didn't have a single bruise, sore spot, or anything. We can look at facts and stand in faith. I can stand in faith. I will take my kids to the hospital. Hey, go, go get it checked out. Go show that God is good. I am not someone who says, if you're standing in faith, then you can never go to a doctor. You can never take anything. I say, do what you can. Do what you can. Um, I usually don't sleep on the road because it's not a safe place to sleep. If I did, I could sleep on the road and pray, but I just don't. It's not a good idea. And I think that there is wisdom in doing natural things. I love it. God's Word says, God, he says, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. And we need to use the sound mind that God has given us and use the wisdom that he has given us. Plain and simple, like, okay, I'm going to use this wisdom. God, what's the right way to deal with something that's happening. And it definitely can be very difficult when it comes to children, especially small children when they can't talk and communicate yet. And you're like, I want to be in faith and, and I'm praying, but how do I deal with this? Here's what I would say. You pray. And the Bible says that the peace of God, 
be the umpire in our life, making decisions for us with finality. That you pray for that child, there's a hurt, there's something going on, and you're like, you know what? If you feel you should take them to the hospital, take them to the hospital. Go prove that it's happened. Say, God, I, I, I just I, I want to do this. If you, don't, if you have peace about not taking them to the hospital, then don't take them to the hospital. If you see something, and, but this is where it is, where we look at fact and faith. And this is where if my child's arm is broken, Becca, she, we went mountain biking, and she fell to the collarbone, and it was sticking through the skin like this, like trying to poke out through the skin. Didn't make it through, but it was just poking out. And I can still see it because it wasn't like a clean break, and so I can, I can see like little shards of bone trying to get through the skin. I remember it so clearly, and I was really like so bummed because it was our first trip down this hill. Anyways, and I was like, oh no. And we prayed. And I looked, and the bone was still sticking through. So we took her to the hospital. I was like, okay, God, I know you could. I know you can. I don't know why it didn't happen, but we'll take her to the hospital. So we took her to the hospital. And she's got a little metal plate there. And she's really ticklish on the metal plate. Extra t- I don't know why, but it's there. We can stand in faith and God's power to change facts. God's power to change facts. We don't have to be loony and suddenly act like things that we see, we do not see. Moses looked at. Moses saw the fact that he was too old, and he stood and did not waver in his faith, even though it took years and years and years and years. He said, God, I know you will, and he stood in faith. Stand in faith. Stand on God's word for what he has for you. Don't go through life weaving back and forth, living below your, your, your means because God has given you so much more that you are not using. Don't be afraid to pray because you don't know where to start. It's a conversation with God. Begin to talk. When you pray, we pray to God in Jesus' name. We need to know what God's word is so we can stand on those promises and in those situations. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.